0: Hi, everyone. My name is Ryan Alexander, and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message I greet you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It gives me a great, great joy to be back here in Hosanna and share God's word with you. It has been a tremendously blessed summer for me and for my family. We got a good opportunity to spend time together, and I was given a one-month sabbatical, and it was a wonderful, fulfilling, blessed time. Now everybody is back at school, and we are back on the road doing the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters throughout our ministry, both in the North American Lutheran Church, from our Bishop Don, and also from the Lead Star International Ministry, students, faculty, and staff in Ethiopia and around the world. And today we are going to reflect on the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Ephesians, chapter 5. I know you are going through the book of Ephesians as Hosanna, and I was so grateful when Pastor Ryan and Jane invited me to take part in this series on the book of Ephesians, one of the books that I dearly, dearly love in the Bible. The Lord has so much stuff and so much content and rich content in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to reflect on the theme which is stated on the first verse. It says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Or follow God's example on another translation. So that is what I'm going to be reflecting on. What does it look like to be an imitator of God? Or to have a godlike, godly life? That is what I'm going to focus on. Let's pray as we invite the Holy Spirit to unpack the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, for us. Dear God, we give you thanks for this another opportunity to do this ministry with these, your precious people, at Hosanna and around the world. I pray that you use my mind and speak through my vocal cords, none of me, but all of you in this place. I pray that your revelation knowledge and your word will flow unhindered and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. May your people be touched, healed, restored, refreshed, and revived by the word that they're about to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul speaks about this topic of imitating God or having a God-like, godly life as we're living on earth. And I'm going to pick some points and some highlights stuffed and contained and saturated in this book, and I'm going to stop on the 20th verse, from verse 1 to verse 20. After verse 20, it talks about a godly family, which is the epicenter of living a godly life. And that is actually the center of living a godly life and the most, the most conducive environment to imitate God is in our own homes, in our own family. Recently, I was reading a book written by Aristotle about politics, and he's talking about politics in the state, politics in a country, politics in government, but he said, The the center of politics in every human life is at home in family. That was interesting to me. And that directly links to what we mean when we say a Christian life should be lived to its fullest. Nowhere else but in the family. But I'm not going to go deeper into the family dynamics. But today I'm just going to focus on the godly lifestyle lifestyle that Paul describes in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. What a chapter. What a lesson. What a book. What a message. I invite you to get closer and start as we get deeper. The first point is Paul says, Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Life of love is the first Godliness that we can display or the way we can imitate. Our God is not just a loving God. Our God himself is God. Our God himself is love. God is love. If you go and read in the book of First John, John likes to write about love and he says, God is not just loving. God himself is love. So there is no love or there is no godliness without a life of love. But what does it look like to be loving? What is the greatest depiction? What is the greatest display of a loving life? The ultimate sign of a true love is sacrifice. Here in that chapter it says, And live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Just As Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. There is no love without sacrifice. True love is sacrificing what we have, who we are, what we are about to do for the sake of the other. That is godliness. Today, the opposite is the lifestyle of the world in which we live in. Self-centeredness. To love ourselves. Not to love God or to love others, but to love ourselves. That's why families are breaking down. That's why countries are breaking down. Societies are breaking down. Nations are breaking down. Structures, financial systems, relationships are breaking down. The true love that God shows us in the Bible is displayed on the cross of Jesus Christ where he died for us and he gave himself as a fragrant offering and as a sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God or be like God, which means have a loving life, which is marked by sacrifice. The second mark that is to be imitated from God, is a life of morality, purity, and generosity. It's very interesting how he puts it on verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 5. This is what it says. For this can be pure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person. Such a man is an idolater and has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Somebody who worships idols is someone who has turned his life, his face, his faith, his faith, his future away from the living God. When we do that, we have turned away from God. And the Bible says, in order to imitate God, we have to have a moral life, moral life, pure life. And a generous life, which is the opposite of what it says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 5. Immorality. Doing all the wrong things. Selfish things. Hurtful, painful, destructive things. And impurity. Things that are contrary to the pure word of God. Or greediness which is not a life of openness, sharing, and generosity. Our God is a moral God. Our God is a pure God. Our God is a generous God. On the other side, the satanic, dark kingdom is marked by immorality. All kinds of immoralities that we see in the world today is driven by that dark spirit, which is contrary to the spirit of God. And that spirit is driving this culture of immorality. Human beings are spirit-driven beings. We are either driven by the Holy Spirit or by the evil spirit. There is no middle ground. There is no gray ground. And our God, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 5, clearly displays that those who are living a life of immorality, impurity, and greediness are doing that because of the God that they worship. Because of the God they worship. And that God is inducting, injecting, inculcating, impaling and inferring its own characters and behaviors into the culture, into the lifestyle. If you go to one country to the other, in my ministry I go to China, to India, to the Middle East, to various countries in Africa, to Scandinavia, through Europe, United States, Canada, and I see different kinds of cultures, different kinds of lifestyles, Different kinds of thinking. Different kinds of family style. Everything that people do resembles the kind of religion they follow. The kind of faith and the kind of God they worship. My dear friends, morality, purity, and generosity is the character of our God. When we come to Christ Jesus, we see the apex. The climax, the superior human morality is displayed in the person of Jesus Christ. When the life of Jesus gets into our life, our life gets transformed into moral life. Morality is not something that we choose by ourselves and live out on our own. We need the help of God. We need the grace of God. We need the spirit of God. We need the word of God. We need the fellowship of believers. We need the church of Jesus Christ for accountability, for stability, for support. That is where morality comes. That's why Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, imitators of God, they live a moral, pure, and generous life, sharing their own in what they own in their own life. Number three. The third point that Paul raises in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 is stated on verse 6. I love that one. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words. What are empty words? How can a word be empty or full, there are two kinds of words. There is a word that is empty, and there is a word that is full. It is amazing sometimes when you listen to a lot of negativity and gossip and criticism, judgment and bad kinds of words, it drains your life. It dries your life. It breaks and hurts your life. It takes something out out of you but when you listen to the word of god it fills your life it feeds your faith it packs and brings a lot of contentment into your soul why the word of god is not an empty word it is a word full of grace full of the spirit full of god full of love full of truth full of the future full of eternity the word of God contains the person of God. But on the other side, it says there are empty words, words of deception. When we become imitators of God, we speak the word of God. We're not speaking empty words. These days, the whole world wants to say something, especially in this culture and in these days of social media. Everybody is a media on their own. Just having this gadget and this instrument makes you the most powerful person from any corner of the world. You can spew and say and share and, and dictate and declare and decree whatever is in your mind and in your hearts. But can you measure whether those words are empty words or full words? That's why the Bible says the people of God should always imitate God. Because if we are imitators of God, we are also known by our words. Which means we speak words that are full of grace, full of love. My friends, that's why we listen to the word of God preached Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Whether it is preached by one pastor or another, they tell you the same thing, they preach the same thing, they declare the same thing, but we are not bored and we are not tired and we are not pushing it away because it is a word full of life, full of grace, full of the Spirit, and full of the promise of God. That is imitating godly life. Number four. It's very interesting as Paul gives us different kinds of imitating, different aspects of imitating God. Love. Morality. Purity. Generosity. And then speaking word that is not empty, but full. And then On the fourth point, he talks about living in light. I love the way it is written on the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness. You were darkness. When you were in the world, you were darkness. But now you are imitators of God, which means now you are light. In the Lord. Hallelujah. Light in the Lord. Not light on your own. Light in the Lord. It is like the relationship of the sun and the moon. The moon does not emanate its own light, but reflects the light that comes from the sun. When we are in relationship with Jesus, we reflect, we are light in the Lord. Because... We have a relationship with Jesus. We are light in the world. This world is full of darkness. This world is full of despair. This world is full of pain. But when we walk into it, we bring light into that dark world in the name of Jesus. There is so much darkness in the world today. What we see in Afghanistan is so painful. What we see around the world with COVID-19 is so painful. The war that is going on in different parts of the world, including my own country, Ethiopia, is so painful. There are so many distractions, so much pain, so much confusion, so much distress in the world. The world is in need of light. They say, light at the end of the tunnel. But I am praying that light at the end of the tunnel, the tunnel should come into the tunnel and give hope to the people. Light in the world. Light where you are today. In your homes, in your offices, in your churches, in your nation, in your village, in your country. Light. Imitators of God. Paul says, you are light in the Lord Jesus. Not only that, he says, live as children of life, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine for you. Hallelujah. Christ will shine for you. Around the world, we just... Lift up Jesus Christ and he shines for the world. Hope for the hopeless. Light for those in darkness. Life for those who are dying. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And you are the light of the world in Jesus. Imitators of God. I have two, po- two more points and then I'll finish. And then the fifth point is living a life of wisdom. Paul gives us that on verse 15. He says, But be very careful how you live, not as, w- as unwise, but as wise. What does it mean? What is a life of wisdom? The life of wisdom defined and explained by Paul is simple. It says the life of wisdom is making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity. Let me give you one example of the opportunity that you have. Today, here in Lakeville, Minnesota, I am given the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wisdom is making the most out of this opportunity. Doing the best I can. Sharing the word of God with every fiber in me. With every knowledge. With every passion and compassion I have. Today you are given an opportunity wherever you are. Just being able to walk. Having a healthy life. A full day, the car that you have, the house, the family, the moment, the time, the opportunity that you are given right now is your opportunity. Wisdom is making the best out of it. How do we do that? By serving others, by impacting By sharing, by giving, by loving, by forgiving, by making others feel better about themselves, move into something better for themselves, by encouraging, by sharing the life of God with others. Our God is not a time waster. Spend a minute with God. You will never be the same. Spend a day with God. You will never be the same. When uh, he called his first disciples, the first one he called was Andrew. Andrew spent the whole day with Jesus and his life was not the same. The same day, the ordinary Andrew was transformed into the apostle Andrew. He went home and invited his brother to follow Jesus. He did not waste time. One day with Jesus is equivalent to a lifetime opportunity. Wisdom is making the best out of every opportunity that we are given. Love every minute God has given you. Live to the fullest. Enjoy it. Maximize it. Every minute, every second, every moment, every hour. Enjoy it use it glorify god impact others share god with the world that is wisdom he says be careful live a life of wisdom jesus was not wasting When he was sleeping, when he was walking, when he was on the boat, when he was walking on water, when he was in the ruler places, when he was in the city, when he was in religious center, when he was in people's home, when he was with sinners, when he was with religious leaders, he did not waste a time. Three extremely busy years. With a ministry that he spent three years, he transformed the faith of the world. Last but not least, Paul says on verse 18, Be filled with the Spirit. Ah, I know Pastor Ryan, Pastor Per and others know that I can spend a whole month just preaching on this one. Be filled with the Spirit. Wow! Living a godly life, is not a life that we live on our own, by our own wisdom, by our own knowledge or understanding, but it is by being filled with the Holy Spirit. My dear, beloved brothers and sisters here at Hosanna and all over the campuses around this city and throughout the world, those of you who are listening online, the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? Not, don't be filled with wine and don't get drunk and with words and with unwise things and useless stuff, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The emptiness in us should be filled with the indwelling presence, overflowing presence of Jesus Christ through the Word of God and through faith, through the Holy Spirit. That is what took place In the book of Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it was not only their persona. It was also their environment. The Bible says the Holy Spirit filled the house in which they lived. Our house has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our church has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every space we walk in has to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And our soul, our spirit, our mind, our heart should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not empty vessels, but we are those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, this is how we live. The Bible says you will live a thankful life. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know they are always overflowing. They just open their mouth. Hallelujah comes out. Praise Jesus comes out. Thanksgiving comes out. Thanks Jesus comes out. My prayer is that you get filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, be imitators of God. Have a godly life. Life of love, life of wisdom, life of generosity and purity. Life lived as a light. Life lived with full words and life lived with the Spirit of God in our life. Life lived with gratitude and thankfulness all the time. Be imitators of God and live that life to the fullest using every opportunity. And make your home, your marriage, your family the central display platform of that godly lifestyle. And go and love your wife, your husband, your children, your neighbors. And go and live wisely in your home. Go and live fully and gratefully in your home and generously in your home. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I put these words in the life and in the mind and in the heart of all of those people who are listening. May these words go and start working in our life right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen, amen, amen.